After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Get to the chopper! <laughs> Get to the chopper! <laughs> My name is Andrew Walsh and I'm here with Genevieve Has. How you doing, Vives? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good. That sound comes from one of your favorite commercials that is running right now. I'm really enjoying it. I didn't see it before today, but it inspired today's episode. I saw episode. it on Instagram. You saw it on Instagram. Yes. We had a, a note from a listener after you told me about that commercial, which we'll get to in a moment, dear listener. But we had another listener who coincidentally wrote in to say, have you guys seen this commercial? I just saw it on Hulu and it's great. So it must be one of them... Uh, one of them cord cutter commercials. It is a cord cutter commercial, but I think it's kind of everywhere. I think it's in heavy rotation. We will talk about what that commercial is in just a moment as we review commercials starring beefcakes. Yeah. That's right. That's the Happy theme birthday today. to me. Happy birthday to you. In fact, I put the show together today, so I had a lot of anxiety about me identifying properly <laughs> who is a beefcake versus who is simply a handsome man. I agree, yeah. It's a, it's a blurry line. And I'll say, I think I have higher beefcake standards than most online lists because I came across a lot of... First of all, beefcake is a very kind of antiquated term, so I think it's hard to Can find... Can we still say like, it? Has beefcake been canceled? Beefcake is Don't ever problem. They'll never cancel beefcake on my watch, baby. Really? Yeah. It's tofu cake now. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> no, but I feel like there are That sounds like some joke that like they would make in like some Ron DeSantis like punchline at a rally yeah, or something. Yeah, like some like yeah. Some some pathetic attempt to like own the left. Yeah. I'm sorry that I made that joke. I apologize to you. <laughs> I apologize to our listening audience. And I apologize to the political left of this country. And don't for forget me. the tofu growers of America. And the tofu farmers of America. I was going to say that I feel like the I, I, figured, I figured I'd find so many lists of like the top beefcakes of this year and of like... <laughs> And of the 80s and, and of, of the 90s. And, but I found like uh, just Top a beefcakes of all time. People aren't talking about beefcakes anymore. Yeah, we got to remedy like to, that. I would like to set if the... If this show does nothing else, we got to remedy the lack of beefcake talk in this country. Like somebody... And I found lists of like the you know hottest beefcakes of the 80s. And they had on like John Travolta. <laughs> I said his name right, right? It sounded funny coming out of my mouth. I think it's John Travolta. What did I say? John Travolta. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds That's a robot that is made up of five smaller robots. I, I felt like I got something wrong there. I, I am once again coming to you a little bit burnt out at the end of a day. I just started drinking a Red Bull, which means, you know what this means? It's, I'm going to be groggy and shitty most of the show. I know. And then anxious and cranky by the time we're we ramping gotta up. we got to get you anxious and cranky at the top. Yeah, I know. And John, I couldn't tell if you were laughing at the idea of John Travolta being a beefcake, or I felt like I had pronounced that incorrectly. <laughs> I think I now realize you were laughing at me, not with me. So, yeah, great. But okay, having said that, John Travolta. 
which uh-huh. now sounds so lame <laughs> by Travolta. comparison. John Travoltron. But <laughs> John Travolta, not a beefcake, right? Like he's not built like no. I, I was on Wikipedia looking up the definition he's of beefcake. He's very live. It started with this idea of like I mean, he was in his heyday. Bodybuilder, yeah. bodybuilder like photo shoots. That's the original like beefcake idea. Yeah. And so it's not just like beef. hotties. Yeah, it's not just hotties. So anyway, we'll go through my list of commercials starring uh, people who I think fit the definition of beefcake. And Genevieve, I'd be interested in knowing if you think that I included people who shouldn't have been included or if I excluded anybody. Um, and also, I uh, will go back in time. Go back in time, as we often do, for the With Love From Me to YouTube segment. I'm going to play for you a uh, uh, not a commercial, but a promo for some Disney programming from, I think, 1995. Okay. Found it on an old VHS tape, of course. Oh, yeah. This is whoever recorded all these tapes, like, they would get all the free, like, Disney yeah. weekends, right? A lot of the VHS tapes I have that I got at this yard sale last summer, which, I, by the way, it's yard sale season again. We got to go to more yard sales. I got to get me some more VHS tapes. Although I'm still only like halfway through the first box I got. There's like 30 tapes in there. And as you saw, I archived them meticulously. Um, but uh, yeah, this family we would record Mariners games. They would, which is awesome for me. They would record like free Disney Channel weekends when they would give you the Disney Channel for free and then try to get you to, to sign up for it. Um, and then what's the... Oh, a lot of FX, uh, personal FX, the uh, FX answer to Antiques Roadshow right. back in the 90s when FX was a very different network. Um, anyway, there is a promo for a Disney made-for-TV movie that I am very excited to play for you because I think it is the height of irony coming from... What do they call what do they call Disney in Variety magazine? The House of Mouse. House of Mouse. It's very ironic coming from the House <laughs> of Mouse. And uh, finally, um, in the ad council segment, we got an email from someone. I played some video for you from one of these VHS tapes a couple of weeks ago, and we got an email from somebody saying, Oh yeah, I shot that. Oh yeah. I am gonna play that for you. I can't uh, wait. That, or I'll read that email uh, for you. But first we should probably get into, well, the place we all want to live, Beefcake Town. All right, Viv, let's start with the commercial that you saw um, that you wanted to talk about first here. Yeah, so as I said, I saw this on, um, I think, Instagram. It's probably the only platform that I would have seen something like that on. And I didn't even, I couldn't even hear it. I didn't have the sound up. Um, but it was clearly Arnold Schwarzenegger um, and Chris Hemsworth in an elevator heavily branded as Netflix. So it's obviously a Netflix ad. And I had a feeling it was related to Arnold's um, new show, which I am watching, called Foobar, which is basically like if Foobar. you Foobar, Foobar, Foobar. If you, it's basically like if you took, um, I guess, like tr- a movie like True Lies, and then you just like made it, um, and it's basically the same plot as True Lies. Like he's a secret agent; he doesn't realize uh, somebody, everyone in his family doesn't know he's a secret agent, and hijinks ensue when everybody sort of starts secret agenting about. Um, 
So uh, I've been sort of watching it because it, it kind of scratches an itch for me. It's very uh, low stakes programming to my mind. So if I fall asleep during one, I don't need to like go back and finish it. I can just like pick up the next one wherever. And you said the thing that the way you describe it to me as a kind of an interesting concept is it's like a big budget action movie, but chopped up into a serialized TV show. Like yeah. that's one genre we haven't seen kind of chopped up in that way. Not as much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there've always been, you know, action I guess they did that with John Wick maybe. Didn't they make a John Wick series? Well, they've just made so many that it functions like a series, but it's oh, only, they did. Oh, I think really? it's only movies for John Wick, yeah. And there's like oh, four, I think I'm getting... Like four what did John... I'll probably mess up this name, too. What did John Travolta... No, what did John Krasinski star in? Oh, you're thinking of Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. They yes. turned that in... Wasn't that kind of an action yeah. serialized Yeah, no, TV that's a good show? comparison. Yeah. Um, Jack Ryan has been played, of course, by many uh, leading men in Hollywood, and was in, they made many Jack Ryan movies... Clear and Present Danger, um, a bunch of them. I can't think of all of them right now. Oh well, Hunt for Red October is one. So yeah, it was it was very similar. Like right, they took this this premise uh, of an action hero and turned it into a series. They they did a similar thing with um, Jack Reacher. Uh, yeah, that's right. They made a movie of that with America's tiniest leading man playing America's largest fictional hero. Mm-hmm. Which is so hilarious to me. But then they made a TV show of the first book um, that I thought was cast pretty well. It was sort of like a, I mean, it was like a guy about the like who sort of looked like John Cena. It wasn't John Cena, mm-hmm. but like a guy who's like huge and is the way Jack Reacher is described. So, you know, I don't... a lot of people don't know. That, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people don't know that that started as a series of books. Yes. And uh, he's a huge hulking man in it's, these books. Yeah, it's pivotal to the plot that he's so large. Like it's it's sort of like very built into the story that everything that happens in his life it's like his size is it's relevant right he's mm-hmm. he the way people treat him the way he reacts to the world is in part conditioned on the fact that he's like bigger than everybody yeah. else anyway so they made a tv show of that um this foobar i don't know what the source material of it is but it's like it's it really is just true lies but mm-hmm. tv show and it's got my new favorite comedian fortune feemster in it i haven't seen this show but she is I, so I heard fantastic her on, um comedy bang bang again recently she's got just such great presence she has or had a podcast of her own for a while too. check that out um but to bring it back to this uh, promo, so this is a promo for Netflix that is highlighting two different Netflix products. It's uh, highlighting FUBAR with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's also highlighting Chris Hemsworth's new Netflix movie, and I cannot remember. Extraction the- Extraction 2. two. I didn't even see Extraction 1. I didn't one. even see Extraction 1. Um and I should note, too, that this is part or related to a series of ads that Arnold's been doing for Netflix where he is positioned or, you know, cast as their chief of their chief of action or oh, something. He that. has like a fake title, you know. Oh, OK, but that's not front and center in this. No. In this, though, it clearly takes place like they are colleagues at Netflix headquarters. Yeah, right? it's kind of like that sports center model. Yeah, right. And so they're in an elevator and in the elevator behind them is the big, you know, N logo for Netflix. And as I'm sure is the case at Netflix HQ, there's a little like kind of TV built into uh, the elevator wall and they see both Hemsworth and Arnold are in the elevator, and uh, they start by seeing a promo, I believe, for FUBAR, right? Right. So let's start there. Hi, Chris. Hey. My new show, FUBAR. Oh, I love this show. Big fan. Thanks. 
No, I got to watch Extraction 2. Okay, so now the promo screen flips to Extraction 2, and um, I think Schwarzenegger has some ideas to punch it up. Now I have some ideas for you. Cool. Like you could hit the guy with a giant clock, and you say, your time is up. Yep, yep yeah, no, that, that could be good. <laughs> or you should knock his teeth out, and then you say, I think you were over to fun Extraction. Okay, that one... I think we need a translation on. I had to watch it a couple of times. He said he says you pull his teeth out and say you're overdue for an extraction. For an extraction. Yeah, and Hemsworth is he is like struggling he's more studying, and more to studying. He's giving a studied non-reaction yeah. to these obviously very cheesy and very like Arnold. Very. I mean, I would say Arnold in the '80s, except that Fubar really leans into the fact that he's a cheese ball and he's kind of right. a cheese ball action star. And clearly, he's in on the joke. And what I like about this here is the dynamic that they're playing up. That he's like the elder statesman of, like, he is a hero. I mean, he's to the Chris. icon. Yeah. yeah. And, and so Chris Hemsworth is clearly starstruck to be, in, even though he is obviously hu- hugely famous himself. He's like in this elevator with probably a hero of his yes. and an icon. And, and so at first he's like nodding, nodding along, like, yeah, yeah, but like he's trying to look kind of a little bit more like I don't trust my face to react properly to these terrible ideas I also think it's very telling like every all the little signifiers in this are great I think this is a fun ad because when he gets it when Hemsworth gets in the elevator he says oh FUBAR I love that I watched it right Mm -hmm. he he like immediately says like I'm a fan of your thing and then Arnold says, "Oh, Extraction Two. I need to watch that." Oh, is that what he? I, that went by difference. so quickly. He didn't I didn't watch hear it. it. He hasn't watched it yet. And not only has he not watched it, but he already has some <laughs> ideas for punching it up. I totally missed that. I mean, I, maybe because of his accent, but I didn't the, notice the that power he said that. imbalance is what that. makes this so funny. Oh, to I me. love that. That could be good. Or you should knock his teeth out, and then you say, "I think you were over to fun Extraction." Or you blow up a helicopter, <laughs> and you say, "Side." Get to the job. <laughs> so Hemsworth starts <laughs> quoting Schwarzenegger's own lines at him and like, get to the job, which that is Predator. Yeah. Okay. And uh, now Schwarzenegger looks very put off by this. To the job. <laughs> get to the job. So now Schwarzenegger has broken eye contact. He's crossed his arms and now just staring forward. Looks very unhappy. Hemsworth is about to get off of the elevator. Hi, this is me. Hasta la vista, baby. Ah, stupid. <laughs> and then he gets off. And then we see a quick uh, promo for uh, Extraction 2. That is such a funny ad to me. And it even evokes a little bit of the old Chris Farley bit where he's in the elevator with a famous person and then like, keeps asking them dumb questions like you know he'll see paul mccartney in the elevator and go like you know that thing you said about how that was a talk show though that wasn't in an elevator doesn't he do it in an elevator there might be one where he does in an elevator but i don't think that's the set for most of them he's like the world's worth worst talk show host oh, the re- paul mccartney one i, I, I had on tape i think so i, watched I misremembered it, a lot. it as him having those interactions in like a, a sort of a confined uh space like that where i mean a, you know there's a lot of fun to be had with the awkward confinement of an elevator conversation just want to double check because i'm saying this with such conviction and whenever i say anything with conviction i'm wrong but no i'm pretty sure it's just like kind of a low budget tv show and he'll say like when you say things like the love you take is equal to the love you make or maybe i've got that backwards like was that true is that true (laughs) 
stupid. <laughs> and then he just like, hates himself for asking these terrible questions. So anyway, you love that uh, Netflix commercial with Schwarzenegger and Hemsworth. And I so do love the it. Listener who uh, I'm having a real moment with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I gotta say, yeah, right that now. show has really done a lot of the work, huh? Well, the show is not. I don't want to. I don't want to over. Uh, I don't want to overpraise this show. The show is like it's just popcorn like easy watching good time like if you like an action movie and you've got you know an hour to kill like it's it's perfectly enjoyable isn't it actually overseas in some countries called popcorn easy going good time yes, isn't that exactly. the name of that's it that's how it was translated in a lot of countries um so i don't want to overstate how good the show is it's just something i'm kind of like enjoying because it's low stakes i think what i mean more about like having an arnold moment is that he's he really has kind of um I, you know, he's so old at this point and he's still working and he's like working a lot. Like, I mean, you know, these shows aren't, he's not like, he's not showing up for like one day of shooting and then like yeah. letting the supporting cast carry it. Like it, it is an Arnold vehicle and he really is very game and seems to give it his all. And I, I kind of like during all the Trump years, like, yes, Schwarzenegger is a Republican. He's, you know probably we probably don't agree we probably disagree about a lot of things and i think he's probably um you know done some things and and behaved in some ways that are pretty reprehensible so i'm i don't want to sweep all that under the rug or say that it didn't happen or that it doesn't matter but i did really enjoy him trolling trump for four mm -hmm. years and i'll always be grateful for that that like the thing trump would love to be which is a popular uh like action star republican is the thing that he will never be and that Schwarzenegger like legitimately mm -hmm. is. And I think Schwarzenegger seems to have evolved in some ways and become, if not a person that I'm exactly aligned with, someone that I, you know, I can, we can like, rec we could recognize each other's humanity. And that's mm -hmm. like, honestly, in this day and age, it's really saying something. Yeah. I'm trying to, because uh, like Schwarzenegger is g very good on the environment. I assume, I assume that he's pro-choice. I would think so. I mean, a, a California governor, yeah. it's hard to imagine otherwise. Anyway. Um, okay, so that got me thinking about beefcakes. And like I say, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I got this right. I do, th I feel confident that John Cena is a beefcake. Yeah, no question. Right? Would you say he's the quintessential beefcake of our time? He's a, I mean, he's up there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's very beefy and he's like, you know, very famous for being beefy. And it's, you know, I mean, he got a, didn't he get a start in professional wrestling? Yes, which is what I was going to say. I'd forgotten about that, but he's been in like so, so many commercials. And the reason being and th is because those commercials started when he was a much lesser known name. Yeah. Um, because, but he w always had a personality that made him shine through the rest, right? right? Him and, like, him and not The Rock. Only, he's obviously very good looking. He's obviously good at his, his crafts. But um, he's also he just like- He loves crafts. He's just, he loves crafts. He loves popsicle yeah. sticks. <laughs> Glue, he loves glitter. You know what he likes to do? He, he has a whole craft room. He has. He oh likes my God, to take I would that, love it if that, he loved crafts. That uh, rubber cement stuff, and he makes little boogers out of it. He loves doing that. You ever do that? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, Hi, he, I was born in 1978. <laughs> he's yes. Got a, he's got a glue gun. He's got a really good glue gun. Oh, yeah. Every good crafter has a great glue um, gun. But no, I Behind mean. Behind every great crafter. <laughs> I mean, just as a performer, I just feel like he, he's good at, at various things that he puts his mind to, uh, or that he's famous for. But um because of that, he's been in a lot of commercials. Like I found commercials from back when he was like a a wrestler, where he's just like, 
I thought it was a joke, Genevieve. He's wearing a giant chain around his neck, and he's just rapping for a soda. Wow. In fact, I don't... Why we am I not? I, you know what? I should just play that. But let me... Let, while I look for that one, let me play this one that I think we've even played before on this show, but it is, again, so charming. It's a 2016 commercial for hefty garbage bags. We see the inside of a grocery store. John Cena is uh, checking out. You know, he's uh, at the cashier's stand with his groceries. And as the cashier rings up his hefty uh, garbage bags, you hear the the iconic hefty, hefty, hefty sounder, right? But as as you hear that, his pectoral muscles, his boobies go <laughs> if I can use the medical term go up and down you I mean he's wearing a shirt but you can see it through his shirt that he's making his pectoral muscles go up and down in syncopation to the jingle hefty, hefty, hefty. Now, uh, people have caught notice of this, including the, the cashier whose whose eyes are very wide they as she popped sta- out of her head <laughs> she stares at his chest my pecs do that when people say money buying hefty. You don't have to. That was weirdly hard to hear, but he says my pecs do that when people save money by buying hefty. So then the cashier beeps his purchase again over the scanner to yes. watch it happen. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Now the woman in line behind John Cena, her eyes are popping out of her head. Yes. And she's like. This oh, is all about the female gaze. Oh, hello. And so she races. She gets on a line and she races <laughs> to this giant stack of hefty bags that is uh, that is piled up uh, behind her in the grocery store. Okay, I get it. Excuse me. She grabs as many as she can. I like saving money. Get new hefty ultra strong with Arm & Hammer odor control. Now costs less than glad. Hefty, hefty, hefty. <laughs> that is as he's leaving the store. <laughs> he's carrying his groceries, and you hear the jingle again, and he kind of rolls his eyes as his pectoral muscles seemingly, uh, without his prompting, uh, bounce up and down. She just bought like 100 bags, 100 boxes of hefty bags. She's only going to get... He's already on his way he's out already, the store. I was thinking that too, she's yeah. Gonna, I mean, and I get it. She's, she's not she thinking took, rationally. She's shooting her shot, yeah. Yeah, well, she's just, I mean, she's she's flipping out. Let me see if I can find this John Cena rap commercial. It is pro- when did he get his start? Do you think um, in in like I, would that have been WWE? I don't even know. I think so. I mean, I I would. I mean, he's in such good shape. He looks. He doesn't look like an older man, but it feels like maybe the nineties. He would. I mean, he would have been a very young man then, but. You know, did his fame start? Did he get his start as a famous wrestler in the nineties? That feels about I, right. Maybe very late nineties. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so this is the commercial. It is for something called, and this is from that era. I think he's only known probably in wrestling circles at this point. He. Uh, this is for something called YJ Stinger, which I believe is a soda. It's okay. got a B on it. He's wearing like oversized. Uh, Jersey, De- jersey, and denim over- shorts. Yeah, and a, a backwards hat- baseball hat and hat and a giant gold chain. And he's going to wrap his love of this beverage. It's the new energy drink ahead of the bunch. This is YJ Stinger, baby. Pound and punch. You get a rush of energy every time you take a pull. 
All the mother drinks, man, they fill with bulls. This is the real deal, baby, and the facts are true. You want a boost? Grab a stinger made by a stack of two. You know how we do. This drink is number one. Helps energy, performance, concentration. So go and get one and grab them by the case. Look for the stinger can with the yellow jacket face. Drink kicks ass. I don't care about wings. So go and catch the buzz and feel the sting. Uh. <laughs> I didn't even... Maybe I didn't make it through the first time taking a shot at uh, Red Bull gives you wings there. That is like some... Like if... Um, if like vanilla ice and Mark Wahlberg had some unholy baby. <laughs> right? Isn't that like And from all of their worst eras. Isn't that like the least charismatic thing he's ever done? Like, is that not awful? That is awful on every <laughs> level. That fake accent he's doing. I guess I should just awful. like left that in. Uh usually usually uh if I take a link out of my show sheet, but I'm gonna bring it up anyway, it's probably a good sign that I should probably just, just leave, leave it in. Leave and we've it. got we've gotta share that with the people. Yeah. Um while we're talking about beefcakes, I also want to talk about beef a little bit too just like regular beef um and i came across this you can't have beefcakes without beef yeah so uh, did i not make that clear at the beginning we're gonna be talking about beefcakes but also commercials just for beef and okay beef no, products you did not i didn't say that hmm. um well that's what we're gonna do i found this commercial so from 2003 okay calm down i found this com- red bull's kicking in i guess so somebody's got wings <laughs> i wish i had you need, a, i wish we had a yj sticker yeah, I for wish you I had a YJ sticker. but that would be a more even high oh my god i doubt it yeah that I, sounds I, like yeah <laughs> uh, that was not Sarcasm. literal yeah <laughs> that sounds like it's like the the meth of uh energy drinks um so I found a Hardee's commercial from 2003 that's uh, sort of a weirdly seriously shot commercial of uh, a, a cowboy-looking fella with a cowboy hat, uh, open-collared flannel shirt. Looks like he works on a range, Strong jaw. right? Strong jaw. Not even that far from the beefcake. He's not oeuvre. beefy. He's okay, not, not beefy. beefy enough. Well, he raises beef. He doesn't. He's not he's not building it. But it's like almost like a confessional shot. It's like shot in black and white and he is on a completely plain black background. Yeah. And he and like there are there are like close-ups of his him sort of like kind of wringing his hand, not wringing his hands but like fiddling with his hands a little bit. It's like documentary style. Yeah. It's got such a serious approach. I got to say I'm so if just if you just showed me this footage or just this screenshot and didn't tell me what it's from, I'd be like, I don't know, um like a Republican Senate campaign commercial. If you'd said I would never have gotten to Hardee's. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yes. Hardee's in 2003 apparently still a thing. Uh, back then, I don't know if it is. Well, Hardee's is the other is the non oh. version is the non us version of um. Not Jack in the Box. It's not Sonic. Maybe it's Sonic. I can't I feel remember. Like we always do this. We always do this. It's the one that's like um. There they have like an East Coast West Coast yeah, division divide. Yeah. So when I heard Hardee's was making their hamburgers out of Angus beef. Well, I just flat out didn't believe it. I mean, I, I've raised Angus beef for 25 years, and I know how expensive it is. Yeah, I just couldn't figure out how they could afford to put Angus beef in their hamburger. So I went into town to, to try it out. Boy, you could have knocked me over with a feather. They're serving Angus beef hamburgers. Thick burgers with Angus beef. If you don't think they're the best burgers in the fast food business, we'll give you your money back. Okay, this just raises so many questions, including that promise at the end. But wait a second. So just to get his narrative straight, so he's on the ranch, right? Yeah. And he's hearing that Hardee's is serving 
burger is made with real Angus beef. And this is like almost disturbing to him a little bit. He's just like, I just can't believe it. I can't wrap my head around the fact that this fast food chain that might be called something else. It's Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. on the other side of the uh, of the other side of the Mississippi. I just can't believe it. As a farmer, as a cattle rancher, I I just can't get my head around it. But then he says, I went to town and went into a Hardee's, (laughs) and I'll be goddamned if... Here, what does he say? So I went into town to to try it out. Boy, you could have knocked me over with a feather. They're serving Angus beef hamburger. Oh, okay. So he went into town to try it out. So he tasted it. Yeah. And, and because he's an Angus, because I was like, well, what happened when you went into town? Did you knock some heads together? Like, did you get to the bottom of it? Like, did you source the beef? But he no, no. Rode he rode into could, town on a horse. He could taste it. He got himself he, one. He hitched his horse up to the hitching post outside yeah. of the Hardee's. Right, right, right. And he ordered a burger. And, and he, he was took like, a bite and he's like, well, I'll be gall darned. Hoo wee, he said. Yeah. I'll be gall danged. So he made a quite a scene at the he, local he, Hardee's. He took off his hat and he kind of yeah, whipped it, whipped like, it around in a circle, yeah. and he lassoed so, the ketchup stand. He said, "Yeehaw!" He had what uh, is said, described said, Yeehaw. often uh, in the paper as a mental break, is what he had, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> He was hospitalized after that, and I uh, just hope he's doing well. They knocked him over with a feather, and then he did have to be hospitalized. Yeah. They were also like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> give this man another burger. That reminded me of a commercial <laughs> that's running right now. Like this, again, is that commercial that not is kind so of bonkers? It's bonkers. so serious, it's isn't so, it? I, it's so weird, and it's like, I always think it's so funny when a fast food place is like, tries to make the quality argument. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying say that your stuff is gross or that it's like all, you know, from a factory farm somewhere and just churned out of a tube of pink goo. I mean, I know that that's what is happening, but like, you know, fine. Like, but you're a ma- but like this idea that you're going to like, you know, if, like I wake up or, you know, we're going out to dinner and we're like, you know what I'm really craving? It's just like a good, juicy burger that's like really cooked to my to the temperature that I specify and like has great toppings you know, like we've had days where we're like let's go get a really good burger there is never going to be a day I don't care what ads they show me there is never going to be a day when I'm like the place to do that is a fast food restaurant mm-hmm. like there's just it's not like I'm not saying I don't eat at fast food restaurants mm-hmm. or that I can't enjoy a fast food burger but it's never going to be the, that's how I'm seeking out that right. kind of and experience. And that you're going to care what kind of what the source beef is. Yeah, it's just like that's not their clientele well, or the what, experience. That's why when I saw I stumbled on that today, but it reminded me of an ad that's been running really frequently on whatever I've been watching, probably baseball games, which is this quick 15 second Jack in the Box ad for it's almost the same thing. Only instead of Angus, they're talking about burgers made out of ribeye steak, which it starts with a it starts with a, a close up picture of a delicious ribeye steak on like a grill, like on a kind of a fast food flat surface grill. And you'll hear the voice over here. It's really short. And you see somebody like kind of with a spatula uh, flip it over. And as they flip the steak over, it becomes a burger. Right. right. And you just hear the famous uh, Jack in the Box voice saying like, hey, we're making burgers with ribeye steak now. It's a special ribeye steakhouse burger. And he just kind of keeps saying that over and over for 15 100% seconds. Ribeye beef in a burger. Yep. 100 percent ribeye beef in a burger. 
My ribeye steakhouse burgers. All the flavor of a juicy ribeye steak in a burger. Did I mention they're made with 100% ribeye beef? In a burger. Do you think you could t- do a taste test? Well, difference? that's what I'm thinking about because, like, I several things struck me about this commercial, um, and I didn't kind of realize how much this has been jangling around in my head until we started doing the show today. That, like, when you and I buy steaks, ninety nine percent of the time we're gonna buy a ribeye steak. Yeah. Both at a restaurant or if we're gonna grill it here at home. I go strip New York strip a lot, but yes, you buy when you buy steaks, you get ribeye. And traditionally, like we've been, you know, for years we've eaten eaten ribeye steak, and I like it. And it's kind of a fattier cut, which mm-hmm. I like, um, and it's very marbled or or what have you. I guess I've heard like fast food companies advertising their Angus beef before, like just as a quick throwaway line, maybe not fetishizing it like old old cowboy over there. But I've never heard, like I just have never heard of ground beef being sort of... um, Cut specific? Yeah, cut specific, aside from Angus that you hear a lot about. Well, and Angus isn't a cut, it's a... Oh, okay, right, right. So Angus, and that makes more sense. Like this is high quality meat, but yeah, like a cut specific meat that's then turned into ground beef that then turned into a patty. Now, if I were at a nice restaurant and somebody said, hey, we did that, that sounds amazing. But like, there's no way you'd be able to notice that in a jack in the box burger. I wouldn't think so. Right? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I it, I will say this more so than the Hardee's where I'm like, because it is sort of weird and you don't ever, they don't advertise things as being uh, ground up from a particular cut of beef. It does sort of make me a little curious like, could I, you know, would I give it a day in court and see mm-hmm. if it's like somehow better yeah, would you try than it? like yeah. a quarter pounder or whatever. And again, you and I are not people who go to the fast food restaurants a lot. But right. if you're somebody who who does and, you know, we have friends who like to compare, hey, this new thing is yes. or this. Oh, this favorite item is back uh, or they're, they're you know, they have a new thing. Like we have friends who like will go out and try that stuff, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. Right. Like I don't tend to do that, but I like hearing about it. I love so, hearing about it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So maybe if you and I were a bit more in that culture, if we had a job where we were on the road a lot more and we we're always going to places like that, maybe yeah, honestly, I'll try I was, that new one. If I was like. I do pass a jack-in-the-box kind of close to work, but it's very scary Oh, in yeah, there. that's a stab it's, in the box. It's a stab in the box. Yeah. So if I were closer to one where it was like on my lunch break, I walked out the front door of my office and the jack-in-the-box was there, I could absolutely see giving it a day in court. Sure, you know, like yeah. Like seeing a yeah. poster for it and being like, okay, you have my attention. Yeah, I've never – well, I for the longest time, I'd never been into a jack-in-the-box. I went maybe, I don't know, seven years ago or something. Maybe it was even to – maybe it was yeah. spurred on by this show. But, like, all of the jack-in-the-boxes around here so are bad. really seedy. They're yeah, so seedy. That's the thing. Like, I – there are – I don't know of any jack-in-the-boxes that I would go to, like – sober honestly mm-hmm. like i'm sure like you know my parents live in a, a suburb in ohio where i'm sure somewhere around there there's a very nice clean jack-in-the-box sure. and maybe i would go in there but like i'm really like yeah i'm thinking of the three different jack-in-the-boxes that i know of one way up north by us one in the university district and then way one way down south in seattle that yep. i went to for one those are the three one, uh, the three i'm thinking of too and like all of them are very unpleasant experiences yeah so anyway okay let's move on here let's get back to beef cakes instead of beef yeah um i know that i'm going to struggle with this fella's name if i could get john travolta's name <laughs> right correct well that name that name is ruined forever <laughs> cuz john travolta from now on john 
No, first of all, I got his first name wrong. Joe Manganiola? No. Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. Joe Manganiello. He is from the Beefcake Stripper. I thought stripper. it was Joe Mangiello for Yeah, a you long said time. Mangiello for the longest time, which is how but, I remembered it. But like, I thought, ooh, I Mangiello. Think I, I misunderstood a joke. I thought a, it was a joke from like Gawker or something that oh. I did not take to be a joke. I just thought that's how uh, you say it. It's like Donald Glover. <laughs> like Donald Glover. A 30 Rock joke that I was so confused for so long why Donald Glover pronounces it Donald. Right. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, so say his name again. This is Joe... Manganiello. Manganiello. Um, and he is known for the... I want to get there myself, but I can't... Magic Mike. Yes. Magic Mike and, and Magic Mike things. 2 and Magic Mike 3, I believe. Weren't there three of them? There were three of them. I don't know that... I haven't seen the third one. I'm realizing from this commercial and some other Googling I did, he is married to or in a long-term partnership with Sofia Vergara? He sure was for a long time. I don't know their current status. So in this one, we have Joe and Sofia, and they are sitting in an airplane, but they are in ultra first class here. And they are encouraging us never, ever, ever to fly first class. Here's a little tip for you. Never fly first class. It ruins flying in coach forever. And never take Joe Manganiello. He ruins men forever. Well, that's a funny thing about better. Once you try it, you can't go back. That's exactly why you should never get Hulu. With tons of shows and movies. Plus live TV for news and sports. Touchdown! And exclusive originals. Very exclusive. It'll ruin TV for you forever. So... Okay, I love the reverse psychology of don't get this product, it's going to ruin everything else. I think that's yeah. a great marketing scheme. I love it when Sofia Vergara says, touchdown, <laughs> when he says live sports. Like, you get the impression she's never watched a touchdown in her life, but she just is loving the rich lifestyle and having Joe on her arm. Yes, um, she's very fun. Um I also want to correct the record. I don't know why I thought they were both on Desperate Housewives. I It just wasn't a show that I watched, and I had like a vague sense that they might have been on it. But he was on True Blood. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. Was that a reality TV show? Oh, that was the vampire I one. Know. Um, this next commercial, I think we played once before, but it's good sound, so I'll play it again. But um, I wanted to move on to Chris Evans. You assured me that Chris Evans also would be a beefcake, right? I mean, he's Captain America. He's Captain America. Like, literally, if if, like, if yeah. Captain America is not beefcake, I don't know. Like The definition has no meaning. Thank you. He has not been in as many commercials as I would have thought. Really? I feel like he's yeah. really... Um, well, I, have, I have two I'll play for you here, but this first one we've played before, I think it was a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, 2020. I remember this Super one. Bowl. It's the Hyundai Sonata Smart Pak commercial. So the you Boston have Boston accent. Yeah, you got Chris Evans and he on the street corner somewhere in Boston, and he runs into Rachel Rachel Dratch, and they're like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" And they're standing in front of a really tight parking spot, and some driver comes up and tries to park in that spot but he can't fit his car in there then another famous person john krasinski shows up and hey that's the second krasinski mentioned in the show today yeah yeah now yeah, is krasinski a beefcake see i don't think so i think of him as like you know like, i don't either i think like he's thinking I, about him on the office i like, mean that man can't be a beefcake it's hard to picture jim from the office as a beefcake and that's definitely not the but also like chris pratt 
on on Parks and Rec, not a beefcake, and then beefcake. I almost put them on, but then I took them off because I was like, I don't know, do we treat him like a beefcake? Yeah, we have to treat him like a beefcake. Really? Yeah. Should I look for a Chris Pratt commercial? Do you think he's been in any? Uh, probably. I don't know if I can Google that on but the don't, fly. Don't worry but we about could finding try. it. Um, Listeners, find some Chris Pratt commercials. Yeah, and send them to us. Uh, you you do something for once in your goddamn life. Sorry, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so rude. Um, anyway, a couple of things about this commercial. So basically what happens is this is, uh, this is advertising a new function uh, called smart parking in a car or smart parking in a car uh, where you can get out of your car, push a button, and the car will wedge itself. It will drive itself using sensors uh, into a tight fit parking spot. The thing that drives me bananas about this that is never yes. addressed is the reason this parking spot is so tight is because some pig parker as uh, Larry David would say is halfway across yeah. the line I would like a card that calls some sort of enforcement agency and has that car towed how about yeah how about a, a car that has a function with a big hammer that comes out the top of it and oh, smashes your yeah. car into smithereens like if you it. do that absolutely oh, it irritates me so much anyway the point here is they're in Boston I don't know I mean do all these people have Boston backgrounds by the way Chris Evans I don't think I don't, so John Krasinski doesn't seem like it Dratch, maybe. I've never heard of any of them as famously being from Boston. But this is one of those Super Bowl commercials, so it's a bunch of famous people, and then Big Big Poppy will, uh, David Ortiz will make a, a appearance uh, from his window. Uh, David Ortiz, arguably a beefcake. Yeah, but once you introduce like sports figures. We've got some wrestlers in the mix. Oh, is that not a sport? Mm, wow, look at your... Sh- you, you are showing your whole ass, you snob. It's performative. You wish these guys were showing their whole asses. Anyway, take a listen. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? He's saying, look at this guy. He's looking at some guy who's frustrated that he can't fit in this tight parking spot, which, by the way, I don't I don't blame that guy. Hey, good. How are you? He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Now, John uh, Krasinski shows up in his car, and his car is the one that has the smart parking, but uh, these guys don't know it yet. He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car, is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty fence, all right? Look who's got smart park. Smart pack. He gets out of the car and just clicks a button. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right. He's got smart pack. Hey, you can pack there. He's got smart pack. Hey, whoa, whoa. It's Big Poppy. Wicked smart. This is a ghost car. <laughs> I do love that line. This is a ghost car. I will say it's funny that 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 um, that never really took off. I think as a feature that people were excited about. I've never seen anybody use it in I real know, life. That's weird. But I will say there have been many times when I needed to park somewhere and either the only parking that was available was like a tiny spot or a pig parker mm-hmm. was was at fault, and it would have and the and because I'm thinking like, well, so what if it can park in there? You can't open the door to get out, but the point is he gets out and then and then the parks car it. Parks it in there, yeah. So that's pretty amazing. It's You're amazing. You're still gonna get your door dinged when the other asshole opens their door. I hope the other asshole can't even open their door, and they have to wait for you to for you to move first. Let's hope, yeah. They have to sit there. You wait. Harvard Yard. 
<laughs> for you to move your car. I don't know that this is really worth playing, but I thought it was cute enough. This is a We commercial. should really just do a whole show that somehow revolves around like parking misdeeds. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Boston accent. I was like, I don't know if I can stand at stomach it. handle that. I mean, no offense to our Boston listeners, but like that exaggerated jokey. I mean, it's also just like such a... This commercial's charming, but generally speaking, like... You just basically got this one, the your cousin from Boston. Oh, I love that one. But like... People casually kind of doing a Boston accent and like still thinking it's funny in 2023, like doing that exaggerated thing. Like I find myself in conversations where somebody will like, you know, if the conversation turns that way. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day. He grew up in the New England area and so did I. And so he said, Wait, I didn't grow you, up there. But I was going to say, sorry, we excuse were, me? We were reminiscing about the New England area and he said something like, oh yeah. And he slipped into it like, yeah, you got to pock your cod. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Like I can't riff on that anymore. Like it's just not that funny. Like, just like, let's not do it. It's like the, it's like the equivalent of, of, uh, doing WhatsApp. Like, okay. like, like, can we just be done with it now? Like, at least WhatsApp is gone. Yeah. Right. At least WhatsApp is gone. But you can still find yourself like having to do like a fake chuckle to somebody who thinks it's funny to do a fake Boston accent. And they're going to say something like, pock my car. Here's what I would say. I don't mind some riffing on the Boston accent, but if all you, if all you've got it's is pock your car. Then like Leah, let's sunset that. that. Yeah, yeah, sunset exactly. it. It's like how you know how we joke around about doing accents in the privacy of our home, <laughs> where we only know one word: body. You know, oh body, oh body. You know, that's from, all we got yeah. from NoHo Hank. But like, I don't do that outside, right? Just like I don't go outside. You know, just wearing my underpants. You don't. You stopped doing that. I've stopped doing that. This is a commercial featuring Chris Evans, but we don't see him much. It's focusing on a dog that he adopted. Uh, the dog's name is Dodger. And this would appear to be, and I actually kind of believe it, just stitched together from a bunch of cell phone video that he's taken of his dog. Okay. And he tells you the story behind him adopting this dog. And same deal, like the audio quality of this story, it's for something called Jinx, which is... Um, well, it's an HBO mini documentary about Robert Durst. Uh, no, that's the jinx, right? Yeah. Okay. Did I get Durst right? I yeah, I think so. Scared yeah. that I was going to get that wrong when I got to the end there. Uh, anyway, um, no, jinx is like some sort of natural dog food, I think. We'll find out here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a natural dog food. But anyway. What uh, a weird name for a natural dog it, food. Isn't it? Right, because Jinx feels like if you're, like you're putting it on a product, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, or or it's a it's a curse, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. I guess I'm thinking of Psych. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but we see a bunch of images, uh, probably just real images from Chris Evans' cell phone. While the voiceover sounds at first, it sounds like he's in an auditorium or something, but chances are. This dog food company maybe just got him on a favor or something to record. Yeah. Like somebody asked him a few questions about his dog and he said, OK, fine, I'll do it quickly. And they didn't have great recording. Yeah, equipment. Maybe he's like just a legit user of Jinx dog food and sort of like, you know, somehow that got onto somebody's radar. And they're like, you know, would you I mean, you're very famous. Would you do it? And he's like, yeah, I guess I really like your shit. Yeah. Three words to describe Dodger. Playful, honest, happy. I rescued Dodger in 2015. We were doing a movie in Savannah, and one of the scenes was at a shelter. I knew right away I was taking him home. <laughs> There's just something special about dogs. They're just so genuine, so good. It's important to try and elevate the way we care for dogs, and that starts with better nutrition. He'll finish his whole bag by letter. 
Jinx. Clean kibble with none of the best. I like the way he'll finish the whole bag if I let him as being a selling point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I got, oh, I got pets so he's too. a dog? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll also finish a, a bag of chicken bones and human waste. So right. they're not that picky. I got to say, that dog is cute. It's a cute little dog. That is almost exactly the kind of dog that I would want. It's got the face and the shape. The it tail has, is It has amazing. a bingo tail, though. Well, yeah. And that's because our yeah. cat like grew a crazy tail that we weren't expecting, and that's yeah. just what it looks like. All right. Do you remember the beef? It's what's for dinner commercial or the do, campaign? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Do so I remember? I'm say it? no. Uh, I'm you say yes. You don't. You, don't. <laughs> you just had what we call a mental break. Um, yeah. This was a, a long running. Could like, have kind knocked of, me over with the feather. <laughs> an iconic campaign from the '90s. YouTube says this one is from 1992. I think this is a whole. Well, let's say a beefy one minute commercial uh, as the narrator and the visuals take us around the country while people enjoy beef. Tonight in Bay Point, Maine, it's beef bourguignon. In Malibu, it's sirloin kebabs. Does that seem real Malibu-y? And they're taking it out of an oven. I think yeah. if you're going to show Malibu, if you're in Malibu show that shit on a grill, a my grill friend. Out. You, you, you've got the weather for it. Yeah. I know, what a waste. You'll find beef fajitas at the Four Fork Ranch. And Kung Pao beef in Chinatown. In New Orleans, it's Creole pepper steak. And beef bracciola in the north end of Boston. There's a great corned beef sandwich at 7th and 55th. You gotta give New York credit. You don't even have to say just 7th and 55th. Yeah. There's a great pastrami sandwich or whatever, corned beef sandwich. Um, by the way, I looked it up. There's a, a, still to this day, I assume this is what they're referencing. I looked it up on Google Maps. I was just like, what's in the corner of 7th and 55th? I don't even know New York well enough to know like what part of town that is or which borough, but um, I'm assuming it would that be... Oh, I think Manhattan. Probably Manhattan. There's a premier deli uh, there, so, so I assume that that's what they're talking right. about. I'd like to go there someday. And in Chicago, a porterhouse steak, a perfect medium rare. I was wondering if they're just going to get to the steak. At the end of each day, all over the country, nothing satisfies so many people in so many ways. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Okay, my question for you, Genevieve, is which one of those do you take? Oh, boy. For well, dinner tonight, which of those would you like? I mean, when you when they said corned beef, I did start thinking about the pastrami that we yeah. have in the in the fridge. The pastrami looked, or the corned beef looked really good. Um, beef bourguignon, if I'm saying yeah, that correctly, I, it's not at the top of my list. Out of that list, um, the uh, the pepper steak from New Orleans was a, was sort of a yeah, sleeper, but really really, really good. thinly thinly sliced. You had the um the the tacos or the the. Uh, Fajitas, I think maybe yep. in Texas. Yeah, honestly, um, it all kind of looked good. Nobody even meant there wasn't even just like a straight up burger in there. No, you're right, no burgers. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. What am I gonna take? I think I'm gonna take the deli sandwich. It's really good looking. Yeah, yeah they really piled it high. Yeah, that looks great. Um, okay, let's see here. Do you want to go back to beefcakes now? Okay. How about the not rock? really? Now I just want to get the, to that. <laughs> I know. What's, what's the clock on that on my pastrami <laughs> sandwich? How about the rock beefcake? Right. I love the rock. He's a beefcake. Oh, for sure. And would he have been the same generation of wrestler as John Cena? I want to say same class? yes. I I mean, I'm no expert. I, I feel like they would have been on air together at some point. But, I, you know, I don't know. 
I was kind of surprised I didn't like immediately find more commercials with The Rock. A lot of them were for movies and stuff. Yeah. And maybe that was just my own search terms. He's but, pretty. Like, he he mines his brand pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it may just be that he hasn't uh, seen a lot of upside to doing ads. You know, like you know, I, I. So that rings true for you. You like when I say that I didn't. I mean, come across a, a lot a of rock commercials yeah. like that doesn't surprise you well it, it, i don't know like it, it doesn't i guess it doesn't i guess it seems like there's a i can see a rationale for it would mm-hmm. might be, be, be the way i would put it like he's um he's such a massive commercial success <laughs> ironically what i mean by that mm-hmm. is like he's such a massive successful brand that you know and he seems very attuned to like where his bread is buttered. And if it would in any way dilute his brand to do commercials, I don't think he will do them. Oh, I do see here that he's in a Ford Big Tire event commercial where he's got a bunch of tires hanging off of his arms. That looks very painful. But that's not the one I'm going to play for you now. The one I'm going to play for you now was another Super Bowl commercial. You know what I'm realizing? You can get a lot of high class talent for the Super Bowl ads, right? Yeah, that you can't and, get and for just like a normal you get beefcake money. Yeah, you got beefcake money at the Super Bowl. And so in this commercial this is very cinematic and it's going to be very cacophonous as well um we see uh the rock opening up his refrigerator it's got that classic shot from inside the refrigerator and we're inside the refrigerator and he opens it up and we see he pulls out a, an almost empty gallon of milk carton uh and he turns around and there are three little girls i guess presumably his daughters or maybe some or one of his daughters and friends i don't know but he says bad news we're out of milk. And so then he runs out into the street uh, to chase a milk truck down to get some more milk. But um, as he does that, everything around him sort of becomes like an adventure movie. There's a little girl and she's like, sir, my cat, he's up in a tree. And he's like, I'm sorry, little girl, I can't help you. He's trying to get some milk. And then is he milk, I should say, not milk. I grew up calling it milk. So he's chasing this milk truck through the streets as things get more and more chaotic. We see some jokesters rushing out of a bank. They just robbed the bank and like. Are you saying the bank robbers? Are you describing bank robbers as jokesters? Well, look how they're dressed. They're like dressed like in. They have ski masks on. Yeah, but they also have like brightly colored like onesie not onesies singlets on like old timey wrestlers. Like they're real goofball looking like. Uh, robbers um, but he can't get involved even though he's an action star he keeps chasing this milk truck for some reason a real clown runs down the street now things are smoking we don't even know exactly what's going on it's just absolute cacophony as an action movie sort of erupts around him but he will not be distracted as he chases down this milk truck we're out of milk are you kidding me What? Up there. Don't do it. I'm sorry, honey. Gotta go. Bank robbers. He kind of shakes his finger at bank robbers. Like, gosh darn it. If I weren't chasing down this milk truck, I would have gotten you. There's a lion on a car. A woman's being kidnapped. He kind of mouths, I'm sorry to her. He can't get involved. He tracks, he chases down the milk truck. Guy in the milk truck just gives him a gallon of milk, and now we see that there's a big parting of the sky and an alien ship coming down. 
Now he's back in his apartment. He slams the milk down in front of the three little girls. They can have their cereal now. We see a better shot of the spaceship in the um, loft windows behind him. He says, sorry, girls, got to get to work. And then he's going to go back out into this and uh, and be the superhero he is. But first, he's going to have to punch an alien in the face who's trying to climb into the window. Ladies, got to go to work. Now, clearly one of these windows in this loft apartment <laughs> is either broken, missing, or open. And he's going to go out and fight crime, I guess, and try to restore He's going to restore order. Order. Yes. But is he not going to, like, take care of that window? He's leaving these three girls in this apartment. An alien almost just came in on them. Yeah. Good thing he was there. He punched them. Aw- he punched it away. But what about the next alien that's going to come through that window? What about the next alien? The whole concept of that one is a little confused to me. Like me I get, too. I get that it's it's Super Bowl. I guess just the, it, yeah, it has that Super Bowl feel of just like not well, not super well thought out, mostly spectacle. Yeah, exactly. Just like big celebrity, big spectacle, I enjoy the rock, big by the big way. bucks. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's hard. It doesn't really tie. It doesn't tie to anything other than look what we can do. We look can make a mini do. expensive movie. Yeah, and it's just kind of like. It is. It's just it's just a chaos scene meant to like, you know, center center the rock and his like uh, his charisma. Sylvester Stallone beefcake. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, definitely the build for it. Right. He's had such a very career. career But yeah, Um, very few that I could find. Again, this is probably just maybe on me not finding the right stuff out there, but not like hawking a lot of product. That doesn't surprise me at all because he's an old fashioned traditional movie star you know what you see him in a lot of based on exactly what you're saying japanese commercials right, right. because they didn't back then like celebrities only did yes. commercials in we, other and we've markets read that we read that reddit comment that arnold gave on or you know that like i don't, I don't think it wasn't maybe it wasn't asked me anything or maybe he just chimed in it was very fun but we read it on the show where on reddit he he talked this about is Arnold. Not, Arnold, yeah. Okay. Arnold talked about why he used to do funny commercials in Japan. He was like, you know, nobody would see them. It was a good paycheck. And it was fun to just like cut loose. And I'm like a guy who likes to just like have fun with things. And I didn't have to like be beholden to my brand or whatever. I could just like go nuts right. and like have fun with my funny, funny and fun loving side and not be kind of constrained by the, the brand that like had built, you know, built the the house that Schwarzenegger built, right? right? And so I'm not at all surprised. I would not be at all surprised. And he said, like, we all used to do that, right? Like, 80s action stars. And because there wasn't the internet, so yes. you could just kind of just wall that off, wall off, and that's in a different market. Yeah. The internet sort of changes that. You don't have that anonymity sort of by just going to a different market. But on the other hand, though, also the norms have changed. Sure, totally. Movie stars are happy to get behind brands They now. absolutely are. They, and be weird. These and be, used to be people who would not even do TV. And now, like, everybody does TV and streaming, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's totally a different world out there. But, yeah, I agree. Like, so it doesn't surprise me that there's probably kind of a dearth of Sylvester Stallone ads because he made his bones so early mm-hmm. before – American TV ads were normal and before he would have needed to do it for money. Well, one thing that he would put his name to back in 1984 was uh, an organization called United Hua. No, no, no. 
United Way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Red Bulls kicking in. Uh, this is this is a United Way PSA uh, hosted by Sylvester Stallone. Like you'll hear his voice, but you also see him. I believe he's wearing like a. He's dressed up like he's. You, we see him in maybe a suit and tie at the beginning, and then it cuts to like footage of kids playing uh, baseball. Like pretty pretty humble footage. You know what I mean? Not not extravagant just like it looks like a camcorder footage of kids playing uh baseball in some little league field somewhere almost sand lottie um and i just think that some of the uh word choices in this copy are pretty funny in some neighborhoods a lot of kids don't get the breaks they need to make it in life but at united way youth centers like this they get a fighting chance they may never become champions but here they're all winners. Okay, so first of all, he says they may wow, never become champions, but here they're all really, winners. It's like, or they could become champions. Really lowering the bar for what success looks yeah, like. like. Isn't that kind of like already just like undercutting them? If they get a fighting chance. They may never become champions, but here they're all winners. Here, when they find the action, they don't end up in a pile of trouble. Here, when they find the action, they don't end up in a pile of trouble. God, all, the writing on this I, thing is wild. I, I wonder if he got to help. Like, I'm not even joking. A pile of trouble yeah. is such a funny phrase. And secondly, again, it's like, totally. it's kind of like, oh, when they get action, it's not like on the streets. I mean, this is very specifically like, let's keep our kids out of trouble. Here, when they find the action, they don't end up in a pile of trouble. Make sure kids get their fighting chance. Let's all help each other the United Way. I'm Sylvester Stallone saying, thanks to you, it works. It works for all of us. United Way. He's got a real boyishness in yeah. this, don't you think? He's he very cleaned up. He's very young. This is 1984, and he's got this big mop of those, hair. And those big earnest eyes. Yeah. Those big, deep-set, earnest eyes. Yeah. Um, do you know that Channing Tatum was in a commercial? Again, not tons, not tons uh, in the book on this guy, but this commercial is from, did I write down the year? I think I figured it out. Yeah, because I found a little mini article about this commercial. <laughs> this commercial is from 2002. So the Fast and the Furious 1 is already out. Is he in that? No. Oh, okay. But, uh, yes. this, you'll see so that this- Good information. This com <laughs> there's context. This okay. commercial is heavily influenced by that. Uh, too Fast, Too Furious, not quite out yet, but I think maybe coming out around this time. And there is this commercial with two young men in a muscle car of some sort. You'd maybe recognize it, Genevieve. And one of them is a young Channing Tatum before anybody knew who Channing Tatum was. Apparently, he was not- Supposed to have a line in this originally, but then they did give him one line. I forgot my due. The commercial makes no sense at all. He's behind the wheel with his friend in the passenger seat, and they're already speeding away from somewhere. And the thing is, I've looked for other versions. There's no setup. Okay. You just see him speeding away and spinning all over some dirt road in this car. Then suddenly he does a total, like, well, 180, I guess. And uh, his friend's like, What's going on? He's like, I forgot my Mountain Dew. Now we get this really intense flashback to wherever they just started from, which is outside of a little store called 24-7. And we see a can of Mountain Dew sitting on somebody else's car. It's so confusing because there's no setup. Were they all hanging outside of this 24-7? Yeah, is this a getaway car? Why did he set his Mountain Dew down on somebody else's car? Like, I don't understand it. It's like, yeah. you don't know. But then... So he's spun the car around, and now he's speeding at top speed all the way back so he can go get his Mountain Dew. And right as he's doing that, we see some, like, 
hapless employee of the 24-7 store coming out, spotting the can of Mountain Dew, picking it up. He's about to open it up and drink it for himself. Oh, it's, it's unopened. But it's unopened at this point. Don't ever drink from an open can yeah, of Yeah, that's a good point. Boys and girls. And then, so Channing Tatum then launches his car over a pile of boxes. I've it seen It starts this to ad. spin in the air. Yes. And then he reaches out of his window and grabs the can out of the employee's hand and starts pouring it in, into his mouth using the gravity and the whatever like the, the gravity of the car spinning around he's able to keep track of which way is up I, which way is I guess so it is this is going to be the worst sound you guys hear all day oh oh yes speaking of it's going to be the worst sound you hear all day because what's playing on the radio Huba stank <laughs> what's up forgot my due See the 24-7 mark. Here's the employee. Sees the can. He's reaching for the can. He's going to drink it. He opens the can. Looks around. He's going to take a... I know you forget stuff on purpose so that you can do that. I'm pretty sure that is a Stingray Corvette. Oh, interesting. Um, But um, I remember that ad. And I think it must, was it before Channing Tatum was famous? It must have been. Yeah, he was a no name for this. That's so funny because I wouldn't have known. Obviously, when I saw it, I would have known who he is. But yeah, I mean, Channing Tatum really has, he has a lot of, of talent like you know does he really i mean is he like is he daniel day lewis no janning tatum i get him confused is he the one who is in the amy schumer movie no No. that was john cena john cena i get all these guys confused well i know i know you do channing tatum (laughs) in addition to being magic mike is also uh the 21 jump street oh he's yeah that's a very charming and it's a charming movie see if you had told me that was john cena i'd been like okay yeah yeah um (laughs) i get them all confused but okay that's john travolta (laughs) so he does have yeah so he's got some charm and personality because i haven't seen that whole movie but i've seen scenes from it and i know it's like he holds very well liked and also he's playing against type no no He's playing too type a little bit, but like the jokes on him and he he rolls with it. Yeah, he plays too type, but he also um, is put in situations where he has to work against his the type that he's playing, which is like handsome, mm-hmm. handsome, dumb guy, basically. And yeah. I, I think he does a really good job with it. And and I mean, the Magic Mike series is, uh, you know. It it has it has a it earned its place in our culture. I think mm-hmm. I've said I, as I've said I haven't seen the third one, but the second one was a lot of fun. Did you go to the theater for the second one? I did go to the. Theater I should say I know you went to the theater for the. It first It was a hootin' and holler fest. If I ever have, if I've I've never been in a movie theater with more audience participation. Well, didn't you see the first and second in the theaters? No, I didn't see the first one until it was on video or whatever because that's what i was gonna say i feel like you wouldn't watch those at home that's only the type of movie you would watch in a theater well i think i watched it i might have watched it with a friend or or just out of curiosity sometimes when a movie makes enough of a 
an imprint on culture. I want to see it just for the context. Yeah. What the what's sort of interesting about the Magic Mike movies, and again, I haven't seen the third one, but the first one is. It's a good time, but it's also like kind of sad. It's like about oh. it's about people who are living kind of sad lives and have to make sad choices because of the lives that they have, you know, that they're mm. stuck in. And it's it's a it's not deeply grim, but it is like not a it's not a straight up laugh fest or like or just like a hooting and hollering fest. The the dance scenes are fun, but but everything else is kind of like a little more contemplative and then the second one was like hey you know what really worked from the first movie not the boring stuff mm-hmm. only the fun dance stuff <laughs> so how can we just right. take that energy and turn it into a feature length film right 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 by the way I did miss out on an opportunity here I, that Channing Tatum commercial with the with the would you say it was a Corvette I think or it was whatever, a Corvette I meant to mention this earlier some of the best uh, YouTube comments on this um, early 2000s we were pretty extreme then, I suppose. <laughs> That's the, what that is a says. real, that is a, that really sums it up. Schmidt897 says, it's amazing what you can do when Hoobastink is playing. <laughs> uh, 55 people like that comment. Uh, Jcom57 says, this is still my favorite commercial of all time. All-time favorite commercial. And then last one I'll read here, and I can't I can't decipher this username, says, to this day, if I'm playing... Oh, <laughs> wait, you know what? It says, if I'm playing a game and my car does a barrel roll, I will sing the lyrics of this Hoobastank song. But I didn't... <laughs> the first time I saw this, I didn't see the if I'm playing a game part. And I thought this person was just dryly saying, if my car ever does a barrel <laughs> roll, every time my car does a barrel roll, I sing this Hoobastank song. Anyway, uh, moving on here... Um, we should probably wrap this up. We've been going on a very long time, but no um, uh, show based on beefcakes would be complete without the original Where's the Beef Wendy's commercial from 1984. Of course, for people of our generation, Genevieve, this is one of the most iconic commercials, I think, of our time, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it it was everywhere it's hard it's hard to even because culture is so fractured now and fragmented and everybody's like listening, like mm-hmm. listening to their own channel it's hard to overstate how much everybody was aware of this it be when you look up where's the beef on wikipedia it's not like oh you're referring to this commercial you're referring to a phrase in popular culture right. that was birthed by this commercial yeah. like the entry is about the language or or the idiom where's the beef right you know and it's true like even to this day i mean less so than it was in the 90s like in the 80s and 90s after this commercial but like you you might literally say like yeah but like you know i'm editing your novel and you know your language is really nice and you paint very pretty word pictures but like where's the beef yeah. you know like um it just became kind of part of the vernacular and now it just seems so dated i don't know if we've talked about this before I but think we have for for people who are not of our generation and have no idea what we're talking about it's this weird commercial from the from the early 80s 1984 um and it's kind of got that almost like that bleakness in the shot that was that almost like the Apple computers ad at this time. It does feel like there was a period in American commercial making where the 
the dreadful alternative that a lot of um, brands were trying to put out there was come to our establishment or come use our product because the alternative is gray corporate soullessness. Yes. They were always trying to paint their competitors as just a gray cubicle farm with no um, like nothing authentic. It was all just like, you know, produced in a factory or a corporation. And you see these, these, you know, three older women and they're in like the forefront of the shot and behind them, I don't even know if I remembered this. It doesn't even look like a restaurant. It's supposed to be like the competing restaurant that they're in and they order a hamburger and the whole bit is like, it's all bun and very little beef. There's a sign in the background that says home of the big bun. So this is Wendy's taking a direct shot at McDonald's and um, Burger King saying like, yeah, they advertise things like the Whopper and the Big Mac, but their buns are huge. And here at Wendy's, we have a lot of beef. But like in the background, it does not look like a fast food restaurant. It looks like something out of like 1984. Yeah. Right. Just like a gray. Like you're, you're right. It looks like a cubicle farm or something. But um, pretty abstract at that and these uh three again older women are looking at this mostly bun sandwich and then at the very end the famous line by the oldest lady of the three where's the beef it certainly is a big bun it's a very big bun big fluffy bun it's a very big fluffy bun where's the beef some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. Your Wendy's kind of... I didn't realize until she says, I don't think anybody's back there, that they're supposed to be at the counter of a restaurant, I guess. I guess so. It's like, it's a it's a pretty... it's very hastily or or imprecisely sketched where exactly they are they're just in some sort of terry gilliam-esque uh like dystopic future where this is the hamburger that they have been presented mm -hmm. with i think but I the sign says like i was reading about it and like it's supposed to take place in the competitor's restaurant but it's just like so grim and weird like i say it is abstract it doesn't even yeah. look like a restaurant but it has a sign in the background home of the big bun that actress's name clara peller she was like a manicurist or something i think she's maybe of i think eastern european descent not not even descent i think she's eastern european but living in the states for a while and was just like working as a manicurist in chicago when somebody <laughs> asked her to step in and be a manicurist in a quick commercial and people kind of liked her style or something and so she ended up getting a contract with an advertising firm at age 80 wow at age 80 she gets a contract but she I has would love a second career like a like a post-retirement career of just being like like the little old lady like the little old lady who was in every you know adam sandler movie for a few years back in the 90s you know like i would just like to be a like a, a sassy old lady who says inappropriate things in in bit parts the interesting thing about her i think is that she had emphysema and even before this commercial apparently they couldn't give her long lines because she couldn't say a lot <laughs> without running out of breath and according to wikipedia she was supposed to say, where's all the beef? But that extra <laughs> extra syllable was too much, too much, so they just cut it to where's the beef. And then it was so iconic. I love it. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear what they're saying. 
Okay, we have gone very long here, so I'm gonna have to skip the "With Love from Me to YouTube" segment today. I'll, I'll play that uh, Disney Channel promo for you uh, next week. But I really wanted to share this, which I set up at the top of the show. Um, as part of my VHS digitizing uh, project, I did come across a local news broadcast, like the entire morning news here. The channel is called Como. I think that's the ABC affiliate. Uh, Como Morning News from, I think it was February of 1995. And um, it's really interesting. All the commercials are in there. The whole thing is on our YouTube page if you want to look for After These Messages podcast on YouTube. Um, and it's like, you know, it's a bunch of headlines from the time. It's a bunch of interstitials. It's a bunch of interesting stuff. But one of the things that I mentioned on the show, and I don't know if we played any of this audio is Como has a um, weather guy named Todd Johnson. I think that name would be probably very familiar to people who grew up around here. And I think I commented on the show that this is the type of shit that drives me crazy when people talk about like, well, journalism isn't what it used to be. And then you watch <laughs> old morning news segments and it's like just filled with junkets and bullshit. And Todd Johnson on this particular news day Again, to give the weather in Seattle right. is down in, I guess, Los Angeles, right? Outside of Los Angeles, Anaheim. Is Anaheim. that where Disney, Disneyland yeah. is? And he's doing this, like, these long promos amidst his weather breaks um, that are featuring the new Indiana Jones ride at <laughs> Disneyland. And he's doing features. He's like wrestling a fake snake at one point and doing like terrible, like happy talk with the hosts back in the studio. And so much of this broadcast, how long was this thing that I imported? I have about an hour and 15 minutes of the news and a big chunk of it are these cutaways to Todd Johnson down in California, just at just straight up advertising this new Disney ride. Here's the end of a feature he did where he was interviewing a whole bunch of media people. Again, just the just the height of journalism here. He's down there interviewing other journalists from around the world who were covering the same thing. And his angle on the story is, hey, people from other countries are here covering this too. Uh, when I was chatting with Michel, I, I got to be honest with you, my French isn't very good. I didn't understand a word he said, but he was nice enough to kind of give me a, a rough translation. He said that basically he that, that the French people view Disneyland, that they, they thank the Americans for coming up with the concept of amusement parks because... Yeah, French people yeah. thank Americans. By the way, I'm going to let this roll for a while because I think this just gets cringier and cringier. That this is the is cringiest so thing bad. I've ever heard. And uh, yeah, I can guarantee you that that is not... Oh, the French people I, I, love to I thank think, Americans I think he definitely up. was getting a bad translation on that front. It's a uniquely American thing and glad that the rest of the world now has a chance to enjoy it. Either that or he asked me where the bathroom was. I'm not really sure. Like I said, my French is just a little weak. I, I, I was kind of confused and all that. I do want to tell you guys a little bit about the ride because, uh, you know, the, that's part of that's really the big reason why we're here. The Indiana yes, Jones. That's why they flew ride. me down here. It's yeah. off uh, officially on Friday, but we got a chance to take a little sneak peek. And I want to show you what that looks like because, boy, is it something else in there. When you get in the car and you go around, it's almost like you're in part of the movie. You know, it's uh, it, it's an amazing <laughs> little thing. The ride is never the same every 
every time that you're in it. It's different every time when you're out there, and you never really know exactly what you're going to get. And, you know, sometimes when you're here at Disneyland, you never really know who you're going to run into. It's important when you play this part of, of Indiana Jones, which they kind of want us to play a little bit to let you know how things go, that you kind of really get into the, the spirit of things. So there's all sorts so, of things like, around. First of all, what the hell are you talking about when you play Indiana Jones? I guess I should mention that this journalist is uh, dressed up like Indiana Jones with a famous hat and a leather jacket. And now we're back on the uh, like wherever he's shooting this from. Uh, and there's a big giant, a big giant. Well done, Walsh. There's a giant <laughs> fake rubber snake at his feet. And he, now he's crouching down. We are going to see the height of journalism how, as he wrestles this snake. I love how sort of, um, you know, un unapologetic and uh, and and just like he's just disclosing that yeah we're here uh they paid our fare and they paid us to come down here and we're doing their bidding and this is what their bidding was and we're yep. gonna do it now and now a grown man is gonna uh fight a fake snake uh on the morning news here <laughs> and occasionally you're gonna run into somebody like this you're gonna get this big giant snake and you gotta fight the snake you just never know oh, oh my ah, god can ah, we just pause ah, Tio? I gotta say, he has the snake coming out from between his legs, yes. and it's really and suggestive. And he's whipping it back and forth. It's and very he, suggestive. And then he holds it up to his neck. It's so unfortunate. Our hero. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I, I tell you, you, you put on this jacket, you put on the hat, you can do anything. It's amazing. Something just takes over, huh? Oh my God! I just, I just it's how just much the do his, how much do the anchors watch. back in Seattle fucking hate this dude? <sighs> That's a good question. A lot. Would I, be my I guess. hope a lot. Anyway. Our listener, Kevin in Renton, says, I'm the guy pointing the camera at that reporter at Disneyland. <laughs> I love it. I worked for a niche PR company. and Kevin and I were going back and forth a little bit, so I sort of combined the information that Kevin gave into this email. I also am doing good journalism here. I worked for a niche PR company, and I was the cameraman for the whole thing. There were maybe five reporters with their IFBs dialed in. I think that's internal fold-back systems, whatever. Um, IFBs dialed in all morning, and they'd step in front of the camera, do their two minutes, and then get out of the way. Disneyland had the slickest broadcast capability I'd ever seen. Check this out. The whole park is wired with fiber optic cable that feeds back to a control room in Space Mountain, and there's an uplink dish camouflaged on the roof for the... Uh, Indiana Jones ride there's a jeep or a truck along the line and you lift up the left headlight and there's an AV comms interface <laughs> in there the process for getting wireless mic frequency usage in the park was tighter than I've ever dealt with Disney was my favorite client always paid on time and never complained at getting billed stupid money when they inevitably made changes on staffing requirements at the last minute Disney junkets were fun when we do Orlando we always stayed at one of the in-park hotels and they send us home uh, the night after the job was finished or they'd bring us in a day early to quote research the shot location basically saying come on out yeah. have a good time weird that it came up on a podcast 30 years later signed kevin in beautiful renton the gateway to bellevue what interesting <laughs> insight that's so awesome i love all that detail that is Dude, so good as i've been posting more and more things to the youtube channel it's becoming more common that we'll get comments from people who are like oh remember that one that we talked about genevieve who uh, i think there were oberto ads these simplistic oberto ads based on children's drawings 
things, and then they kind of came to life with very low budget effects. Yeah, we got a comment from somebody. I don't think a listener to our show, just somebody who saw it on YouTube and said, "Oh my gosh, I made that costume," or uh, "I was on set for that." And wasn't there some speculation that one of the the astronaut uniforms was used by O.J. Simpson or something? Yeah, along the lines? they found they it, it said. OJ Simpson in one of the helmets or or uniforms um and then we looked up and there indeed was like uh there was a movie that OJ Simpson was a star in that was uh about astronauts yeah, like we figure it, that that must be it. it has to be it like it seems a little it seems like a very straight line anyway the, as i dig through this stuff i mean it first of all it's a small world secondly it's definitely a small region i think like when you're talking about stuff that happened in seattle in the 80s and 90s especially production stuff, especially like local productions. Like there are a lot of people who just like lived here then still live here. And it's not uncommon for people to like kind of know each other. There's a bit of a, this has a negative connotation, but I don't mean it that way. A provincial nature, I think to Seattle, I think it was often seen at least through the eyes of locals as kind of apart from the rest of the for country sure. out here, like yeah, kind famously of in the, that's in been the, the corner the and, that, and that's the cult. That's why twin peaks is like kind of so weird and it takes place out here and like the, all the culture. So I just think there's something kind of cool about the fact that I'm uploading these things and hearing from people who are like, Oh yeah, I worked on that. Oh hell yeah. I worked on that. So yeah. anyway, if you are one of those people, let us know. You can sell anything. How can you let us know? You can email us after these messages show at gmail.com. That's after these messages show at gmail.com. But we'd love to hear your voice. Call our voicemail line 607 444 5597. That's 607 444 5597. Should I start saying triple fours? No. Is that more re- like memorable? No, I think- 60- 607-444-5597. I, I don't like that. Hmm. Uh, but do call us. Do email us. Go uh, go to the Facebook group. Uh, see what's happening there. You can check out the YouTube page where Andrew digitizes all of this stuff. Make sure you look for After These Messages podcast on YouTube. Yes. Otherwise, you'll just get a bunch of old after these messages promos uh, from television. So thanks, everybody. By the way, we do have a voicemail that we will play for you next week. Um, another pitch for a Geico. We have a problem commercial, nice. Genevieve. Can't so wait. we'll uh, take a listen to that. We'll talk to you guys next week. You can sell anything.